Are we in? Oh my God, yeah. Peter, did I tell you the sauna story about the guys in the sauna the other day? I've been hesitant to tell this story. I don't know if it's appropriate. Let's tell it. <clears throat> okay, so I, you know, I live my life as a gay man. And I go to a gym that is kind of, it's particularly gay. We live in one of the gayest cities in, in the U.S., yes. If not the world. If not the world. And was ranked one of the best places to live. And I really love my gym. I think it's great. I don't, I like, I like not being the gayest person in my gym. Okay? Honestly. Is that homophobic? I hope not. But it's nice to be surrounded by people who are like getting their workout on and also like living their best femme life. I love it. Like it's, I'd rather that than just a bunch of like closeted lacrosse bros, you know? So I finish my workout, and as per usual, I go hit the sauna because once your heart rate's up, I like to continue that. I like to sweat extra, cleanse my skin, check my heat test. You know, you get hot during wrestling. Check the heat test. But I don't like gay shit in my sauna, all right? I'm, I'm a gay man. I like it done in your house and not – I don't want to have to deal with this shit while I'm using a sauna. I don't want to know. I don't need to know about you. But sometimes at the gay gym, occasionally – People are trying some weird shit. So I'm in the sauna with a few other people. And this old man just like has his dick out. And it's got some blood in it, so to say. And you're just like, he's sitting on a towel. He's not doing anything. So it's the opposite of Effie being choked out in the ring. It's, yeah, there's no, there's no blood ever in Effie if I'm in the ring. Understand that. He's got, he's doing it. Right. And it's all, it's like, all right, but he's not, there's, it's, you could be naked in the sauna legally, I guess. Okay. And here's where you go. Which side of the law do you play on? Two kids come into the sauna. I say kids. Cause they were like high school, 14 or 15, not old enough to be seeing this dude's blood dick. Okay. Not old enough. And also not old enough to be in the sauna. So you're supposed to be 18 to be in a sauna. But I think to myself, I mean, these kids, they look like they, you know, they, they were here working out. They probably play a sport. They probably can handle being in the sauna for a few minutes. They shouldn't have to see this dude's weirdo old man dick no. in the sauna. They shouldn't have to. It's inappropriate. It gives us, it's the reason I go up to the staff at the gym and I go, you're allowed to say homophobic slurs for what you've seen and dealt with here. We give you permission for what you've dealt with here because we are horrible. I'm seeing it firsthand. You're in here and you go like, come on, like this isn't, and we're not all gay dudes in here with our dicks out. This is just like regular dudes too. We're all in the sauna. We're trying to sweat. There's a purpose to it. And I'm sitting here mad as hell going in front of the fucking kids, in front of the kids. This is right when they walk in. Both of these kids look over at this man and start laughing. And they keep joking to each other silently and then looking at him. And start laughing. Not laughing because he has a dick, but laughing at the concept, I assume, that this dude is just standing there with his weird old man dick out in a sauna, and they are cracking up. They're trying to muffle it a little. They're trying to cover their face. They're cracking up. This man gets up, covers himself with a towel, storms on out of the sauna, changes, and leaves. Peter, I think... I was hesitant to tell the story because it's a little inappropriate, but the core of this story is important for people here. And that's all you boomer fucks who do inappropriate shit on whatever spectrum you do it on and think it's okay. And think you've earned your place in society. 
we've tried to do it the way of saying, no, stop. But the kids figured it out. Gen Z, they're on top. They said, no, Boomer, we're just going to roast your ass. We're going to roast you in your safe space so that you know what you're doing is shitty and weird. We're going to make fun of you with our jubilant youthfulness, and you're going to feel so weirded out, which you should have in the first place, you naked old man, that you run away from the place where you thought you were the king of your castle. Fuck right off. The kids are doing great. Peter, what a story to open our mini-sode. This is worth the Patreon alone, right? Yeah. I can't tell that story on the regular podcast, can I? Uh But it is an excellent story. And it's true, and it's hilarious. I laughed so hard after when that dude stormed out. And I think everybody kind of figured out what was going on. And those kids just stood in the sauna, waited a few more minutes, went on about their day, as you should do if you're using a sauna for its intended purposes. Let's get started, Peter. All week, people have been roasting me. I've been bullied relentlessly because all I want to do is talk about tar and everyone doesn't want to talk about tar with me. Peter, you're the only person who understands me. You're the only tar person in my life. I said, oh, so you're not a tar head. You're a tar heel, alley catch. Because she said, shut the fuck up about tar. But Peter, tar to me was a, it was an experience because it was once again, and I don't mean this as, as to take away from the depth of tar and what we're about to discuss It was a three-hour emotional setup to the funniest goddamn joke of all time. That is how I've been selling it to people. You have to sell it in that way as the bang, but also it's one of the most brilliant character biopic pieces ever put to film. Because it's so exaggerated and exuberant, and that's part of why it works when it twists on you. I, I know it's a it's a joke that everyone who has seen Tar is making is that Lydia Tar is a real person. Right. She is a real person. Accompanied to the ring by Lydia Tar. This is Effie with an accent a goo over the E, just because we're trying to match. I don't even know where to begin. The depth of what is shown to us and given to us. People don't take time with characters like that, you know? Uh, I know where to begin. Um, you know the director was an Eyes Wide Shut? He was in it? Mm-hmm. Todd Fields? Todd uh, Todd Field was an Eyes Wide Shut. And we had discussed... He was the uh, piano player. So... W- Point me further with this, Peter. So, he Todd Field's like a character actor. But he's also done... A lot of directorial he films. He did In the Bedroom. He's done three. This is his third movie. It was 16 years in between his last one and Tar. Okay, what was the last one? The last one was Little Children. How little are we talking? Like, you can't see him? They're so small? <laughs> uh, Kate Winslet, Jennifer Conley, Patrick Wilson, Jackie Earl Haley. So he likes fucking with the Winslet Blanchett confusion too, doesn't he? Yeah. My God, what a freak. What a freak, Todd Field. Uh, and Patrick Wilson is just hot. He's like, yeah, he's honestly old Patrick Wilson conjuring. They even try to make him up to look a little older. Yeah. With him and uh, who is who is that? Uh, why am I forgetting? Is it Fermiglia? F- Femke. Femke Jansen. Okay. Femke thinking, Jensen. What am I thinking of with where he's Is that Femiglia? her? No, that's the other girl I thought. Am I wrong? 
we're all over the place today because Tar has us. And then did you see? Broken. Did you see in the bedroom? I did not see in the bedroom. I've been in one. Sissy Spacek, Tom Wilkinson, Nick Stahl, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei uh, was so good in The Wrestler, but I've never seen in the bedroom. It sounds like I've got one to the list now, Todd Field. Who? Wh- why am I? Let my brain slow down and read this thing. Okay. Vera Farmiga, what am I doing? Okay, so I was right. Femke Jensen is Jean Grey. Vera Farmiga is Conjuring Lady. Uh, so he was in Eyes Wide Shut, an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Right. Uh, of course. Tw- he was in Twister. Twister. Which was the first movie I saw in a theater. It was the first movie I saw on DVD. Wow. Wow. I can't, I Exclusive wrote, first here, dude. I wrote my first joke. When I saw that the when I saw that movie in the theater, do you want to hear the first joke ever written by Peter Kozlowski at age like seven or eight? Where do cowboys go to the bathroom? Where the West Room? (laughs) Oh man! Oh, that's some Elmer Fudd humor right there. (laughs) Uh, Bugs Bunny humor right there. Deep Helen Hunt humor right there. Where do cowboys go to the West Room? Restroom. West Room. <laughs> Where do cowboys shit? The West Room. That's magic. Can we talk about Mark Strong's hairpiece? Yes. Can we talk about one of the best shoulder tackles of all time? Yes. I mean, if I told you, like, don't worry, Kate Blanchett hits a mean shoulder tackle, you wouldn't believe me. You wouldn't believe me. You'd be like, what are you talking about? This movie is absurd in the best way. I think if there's any movie that I would want to be on set for when a particular scene happened, it's that scene in Tar. Eyes. Give me eyes. Eyes. I thought back to, uh, and people are going like, whoa, whoa, guys, you're spoiling Tar. Shut up and go see Tar then. And then come back to me. I'm sick of not talking about Tar. In these later moments, the scene where she picks the massage girl and her hand raises and she gets eyes immediately from that same almost position of the cellist and goes outside and throws up. You almost realize like there's probably a deeper meaning, but I also like to say, wow, it, it could have been this easy and I ruined my whole life over it, doing it this weird sneaky way when I could have just had whatever I wanted by achieving it through other channels instead of through my own work. Isn't that, isn't that what makes her throw up the most? Yeah. You know, what have you done, kid? What have you done? Oh, Lydia Todd, we think about you often. And we want to help you get back onto your feet. That's a song about Lydia Tar. She inspires tart. That's what I call art now. I call all art tart. Tart? Yeah. I changed my phone autocorrect. I was told I had to, to make sure I was getting my accent. You did as well, Peter? I did. Um, I hope people... I recommended it to a few wrestlers, but not all wrestlers. Because uh, I don't think all wrestlers can handle three hours of Kate Blanchett doing what she does. It's too overwhelming for a lot of people's masculinity. Truly. I love lesbians. I love that lesbians can be bad girls too. And I love Lady Tar. And I'm sorry about 
the people that were hurt by Lydia Tarr. I don't think she's a good person. I don't think she's um, a bad person. But isn't that the great question of separating the art from the artist? Or maintaining the sanctimoniousness of your art through binding yourself to it and piousness to character? Which is worth it in the end? Which one? You know, is it worth it to taint the legacy but have the greatest art portfolio and live out every immoral fantasy that you can succumb to? Or is it better to piously lock yourself and remove yourself from certain human experiences presented to you to maintain the sanctimoniousness of your art? What a question, right? I don't, I'd struggle with that question because I will still listen to Michael Jackson, but I won't listen to R. Kelly. Yeah, but here's the... The thing is, it all comes down to the personal preference of whether you can be a narcissist enough to not have those things weigh heavily past the point of enjoyment, you know? I'm still going to be tainted listening to Michael Jackson, you know? Have you ever been so horny you built an amusement park to attract little victims? What a horrible life. What a horrible, terrible, narcissistic plunge that we can't examine with any objectivity because we live through it, but we have the chance because I didn't know Lydia before I met her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't know. I wasn't I wasn't framed that way, but I the tension was so much deeper. I thought there would be more intense tension in Terrifier 2, Tarifier 2, but it was the tension in Tar that fucked me up, Peter. I had no clue where things were going. Couldn't have guessed. The scene where she's running and keeps being haunted by screams, it kind of lets you know like, Maybe she is good, but not good enough to trace him all the way down. It's fucked, Peter. All the 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 stuff with the little sounds. Mm. The the payoff to the ding dong. Yeah. Ding dong. Ding dong. That forces Lydia Tarr to do something she would never agree to in character, forces her position in hand, and the emotional revenge that she has to get on people that had no idea that it was tormentous to her to, to put herself aside. Tormentous. Tormented. Terrible situation. Right next to her that she never knew about and only understood through the sound of someone moaning for assistance, being unable to, to help. That didn't haunt her until she had to confront it by hook or crook. Shit. It really reminded me of that era of 90s cinema where people would just make really bleak shit without any thinking of how the audience would feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you go see Requiem for a Dream and you go, oh, man, we fucked up. We fucked up. Yeah. But then 20 years removed, you go, I'm glad I lived through it. Maybe it saved me from being uh, in one of those situations, you know, heading to Florida on the wrong path. Simple plan. Simple plan. Have you seen a simple plan? This is Cohen Brothers, right? No, this is Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. No, I haven't seen it's a simple plan. It's the least Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi. It was him going, can I keep a camera locked down in one what, position? What was the previous movie? film to this that led him in that direction, do you think? Everything's um, connected. We are all a part of the earth. I'm trying to think what. Because he was in like a weird experimental period at this time. Yeah, I think that's it's, it's worth noting. Bill Pullman, Billy Bob Thornton. It's about a... I th- love both of these guys. Uh, it's two brothers. Billy Bob Thornton is uh, mentally handicapped. Okay. And it's not, it's not Simple Jack. It's not like 
you know, remember Tropic Thunder when Ben Stiller plays, uh, they do like all of his movies and who do you remember Tropic Thunder when yeah, Ben yeah, Stiller yeah. plays the Simple Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Simple Jack. It's, it's like really, really believable. Okay, okay. Time. I'm into it. Um, but they but Billy Bob Thornton also Sling Blade, one of the best films ever made. hundred. I still believe I can push it into a stage musical that can win Tonys. It's how I'm going to get my Tony is portraying Billy Bob Thornton's Sling Blade character in a musical. Just letting you know. <laughs> of my own creation. Lin-Manuel Miranda and Effie present Sling Blade, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but no, it's about the two brothers in like Minnesota or somewhere icy like that find a plane in the woods with like $5 million in it. No, lit. And then just everything goes bad from there. I mean, usually it would. Yeah, don't, don't keep cash. Things go bad when you start stealing Jules' money and diamonds, you know? So he had done Darkman, Army of Darkness, and then Quick and the Dead, which is that weird Western that no one had seen. I feel like Army of Darkness was kind of like out of control, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. You just want to, you know, one for me, one for them, baby. I get it. Sam Raimi. So I simple plan. It's on my list now. Maybe this afternoon we'll get into it. I don't know. Rainy day. I want to watch movies, but I do have a lot to do. Maybe I don't have anything to do. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch uh, After Yang later today. I loved After Yang. I watched it on a plane, and I felt like that only added to the experience of just kind of feeling disconnected from humanity in that way. But also, uh, the the magic of recycling. <laughs> Have we talked about um, Colin Farrell on Hot Ones? Maybe we briefly did for a okay. moment, but I'm I want to go see Banshees of Inisherin. I do too. I've heard it's entirely bleak, very bleak, excellent, very dark. But then somebody was saying uh, they really hated Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, but they really love Banshees of Inisherin. But I really enjoy Three Billboards Outside uh, Ebbing, Missouri. And if you thought the characters being good or redeemable or likable or right in their intentions was the point, you you you're not watching cinema with the correct lens. I guess all lenses are correct, but, you know, gaining perspective like that of Tar, it helps us. Blindsided. You should see the other guy. You should see the other guy. What a scene. Don't chase women. Don't run from dogs. You should know that. I hope there's at least two other people out here that are getting this mini-sewed and have seen Tar. (laughs) I am begging people to get on the tar train. Don't you have three hours to devote to Kate Blanchett? Come on. She needs our support. Nicole Kidman, you're out. I'm sorry. I want Kate Blanchett to put her head in front of the projector and go, you won't even understand if you saw it yourself. Okay. It's a hack job. It's a hack job. For God's sakes, it's a hack job. <laughs> no one has asked me to do a cameo of a tar scene yet, which I would in full. I love that the grandiosity of the language has a payoff of, of it being a meaningless, hopeless, truncated mass of information that can't save her. My God, what a film. All right, so this film, The Righteous, I don't want to tell too much on it, but Peter, it was lit. Like I said, I want to see it as a stage play. It is. You, I like a film where you don't know really what's going on for a while, and you're starting to fill in the blanks yourself, and there's a little more... Um, mystery to things and you're allowed to get like the character doesn't come in and go like 
I'm the far I'm Farmer Jim and I make all the corn. Well, wait a second. Did the corn poison us? Couldn't be my fault. I'm Farmer Jim. I make the corn. You'd rather find out like later, like, you know, maybe maybe we thought it was other things, but it was Father Jim's corn. These are things I'm making up. These are words and names I'm making up to not spoil anything for this one. But it was beautiful. It was great. It was atmospheric. Whoever played Ethel, Ethel, killed it. I love the examination of religiosity. And you know what I also like, Peter? When when you get to the end and they go, you didn't think we were going to go here, did you? And you go, what? And they go, yeah, all the way. And you're like, oh, everything really lined up. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah. This Listen, is wild. They got a lot of biblical references. Hell yeah. You're going to love it. Hell yeah. It's, we okay. might have to put it on as a stage play, you know? Raise your children is what I'll say, too. I say that to God. You should have raised your children. All right? I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about, you know. You know. You you were talking about it earlier, about Matt Justice looking like Jesus, which makes me think that Jesus might have been a Scorpio, which is kind of fucked for all of us if Jesus was a Scorpio. He might be. And the thing about Matt, Matt Justice also... Matt Jesus? Matt Jesus. Matt Jesus, the lifer. He, uh, he, he also has found almost a Zen in violent self-expression in Zen Buddhism. I've been reading that, you know, it's against all forms of violence against forms of violence outward. But I think as a consensual expression of energy flowing, it actually can bring you to normalcy. And I think having the opportunity to get the shit beat out of me and beat the shit out of people with full permission, consent and authority and agency to ourselves has allowed us to, uh, find sort of a different form of getting to transcendence. Not that we're all the way there yet, but Matt justice is one of the few people who's gone. I don't need the WWE and he quit and he walked out and has experiences with all these superstars where he's like, I don't know if we're good yet. It's very Marin in that aspect of like, yeah, I knew the guy long ago. Yeah, we work together. I don't know if we're good. Oh, we're good? Cool, cool. Where he sort of just forged his own weird path that other people didn't understand and stuck by his own guns to the point where like that confidence sometimes reads a little nerve-wracking to people because they're having to confront with the fact that he's like, nah, I'm going to do everything I want to do. And they're like, but what about? And he goes, I don't give a fuck. Look at this. Look how cool. Hey, here's something you should try. It'll be better. And they're like, are you trying to get better to go to these places? And he's like, no, it's because it's about the craft. And then you see him, and he's playing the guitar, man. And you don't know what the song is or where it's coming from, but he's on the groove line, and he's fully in there. Maybe we need to make a, a, a positive biopic, unlike Tar in the End, about the magic of Matthew Justice. That would be... We just make one without his knowledge now while he's still going. That'd be really funny. It would be sick. I think, yeah, we just got to follow him around. Um there's a Vice show that's about to come follow me around. I'm trying to figure out the dates on it oh, that shit. will work best. But it's like, I think it's a digital show, but it's called A Gay in the Life. And I was like, <laughs> I got to make sure we're all hanging out so they can at least get the visions of Matt Justice as my uh, stepbrother guide. You know? I didn't have a big brother. I have Matt Justice. That's hilarious. He's not even that much older than me. Something you were saying, like, just talking about... Um no violence in Buddhism and then like the weird path that uh, Matt has taken. There's in Tibetan Buddhism, there's this concept called uh, Upaya, 
which is it's this idea called skillful means. And the idea is that you don't worry about any action that you're going to take. You trust that you'll take the best action for whatever the situation oh, is, yeah. even including violence. And so it's just this like peaceful way that you approach everything that like, I will know how to react when yeah. the situation comes. Oh, wow. Well, I feel that confidence from him. Upaya. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Hey, if you buy a Effie shirt, <laughs> I'll take a picture with you. <laughs> okay. I'm jumping to Terrifier 2 now. I don't want to give away more of The Righteous. It was really good. I don't think it got a big theatrical release. So do you know the thing about Terrifier 2 that made it so crazy? Yeah, I guess when he was kind of locked up in... in the yeah, COVID was, era. They, they were almost finished with the movie, and then COVID hit. And he basically was like, well, I have all this time. Let's see if I can just take some of these scenes and like really go all really the way. go all the way with it. And so he shot like some of these scenes like a hundred times. And then we got like the see, basically he Stanley Kubrick a horror yeah. movie and to got make it, it as to, like, gross the most as ridiculous possible. thing possible. It was so gross. I loved it. It was hilarious to me. And I think there was a camp to it that obviously I think he was going for a little bit. Uh, the idea that people were throwing up and stuff. It's such a John Waters esque uh, way of selling a film. And there really is like a really heavy John Waters vibe in there. There's weird little songs. There's strange clown makeup. There's little clown girls. There's ridiculous, weird violence and gross out shit. I mean, divine and pink flamingos eating poop is the same as that scene where he rips that girl up in the bedroom before she looks at mama and goes, mama, that, I mean, like, they're of the same sort of, like, you bet we won't, but we will. What if we crushed all our bones and poured bleach on her? You know? it's I feel a camp nature to that. Did you get that vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Art the Clown, instant classic. I wasn't scared of him. I kind of wanted to see what he would do to me. Is that fucked up? That's fucked up. I don't know. It was pretty wild. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't stray away from the fact that the clown's the dad, right? Yeah. Like, definitely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making sure I'm not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, this, is, this is, okay. But they've already, they've greenlit Terrifier 3, which I'm, I'm ready to see the, where it goes. But I couldn't tell if the little girl was real or if he was just doing her or if there was some interdimensional travel we don't know about yet. If maybe the father combined with the demonic force in his accident to create that forward motion of the clown being more powerful because over the films he has gotten weirder and stranger and more pointy and more uh, obviously demented and immortal. I mean, he took a rebar to the middle of his brain and just like got up, fired up, you know, there's some immortality clause here. Or is it going to be like that Jamie Foxx character in Spider-Man where just the electricity of his weird car crash that they reference just gave him ultimate powers, you know? It was juicy. What a juicy film. <laughs> You're laughing on that one. I love it. It was a very juicy movie. Uh, I thought the main girl, her acting was good, and everyone else was in a different movie. Which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Every other person, yeah. especially the mom, that was some camp-ass acting. Are you drunk? You're drunk. Why would he do this to me? I loved it. I loved every second of it. I'm happy to be home. The next few weeks are going to be hectic, Peter. When are you going back to UK? We get a, 
We're going to have to do some bonus recording. Uh, I'm here this weekend and well, I'm in the States this weekend. What a prick I sound like when I say that in Connecticut for Blitzkrieg Pro on IWTV and in Providence, Rhode Island at FET Music Hall doing a six person tag Dark Sheik, Sawyer Wreck, and John Wayne Murdoch versus Matt Justice, Effie, and Mance Warner. It's going to be a bloodbath, Peter. I guarantee it. John Wayne Murdoch just won a deathmatch tournament this weekend, the Nick Gage Invitational. I, t- I tweeted about this. Lucy's, Lucy's saying, What up? What up, Lucy? What up, Lucy? I tweeted about Nick Gage coming to Black Label Pro. And then he went to his own deathmatch tournament later in the evening, the Nick Gage Invitational, number seven. John Wayne Murdoch won. Sawyer Wreck has been on a violent, bloody tear. Dark Sheik will kill someone. And the SGC, we're ready to get rowdy. We're going to have a blast. We're going to go crazy. The next weekend, after Thanksgiving, I go straight from Minneapolis to Boston. And then that whole week, I'm in the UK. So not next week, Thanksgiving week, but the week after I'm gone to the UK the whole week. Um, I got to make sure I turn my phone off this time. I really fucked up my phone bill. Between UK and Japan, I fucked it up. I fucked it up big time. I'm trying my best here. <laughs> Wrestling is gay fans are on sale. <laughs> they should be here in a couple of weeks and we'll get them shipped out. I'm excited. What else you got going on, Peter? You got some readings going on today. Yes, I do. That's uh, incredible. If you would like to, I'm slightly backed up, but catching up this week. Uh, you don't want to rush like, these things, though. No, 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 no. I take, I definitely take my time. Um, I will. I so DM me on the Patreon. Yeah, and we can do a reading. Yeah, Peter is great at it. I think we're gonna open up a new tier. We need to just go ahead and do it. That'll guarantee you a reading a month. I don't want to overwhelm you. I want to see what you want to do, but. No, we are here. The signs are pointing us yes. in the direction. I feel good things coming, but it also is still, uh, we're still on a, a bit of a tepid bridge through the end of the year to feel things out Yeah. until things feel a little more concrete beneath our feet. But I do think next year will be professionally rewarding. And I think what I'm starting to find out is in approaching things in a slightly different way than I had before, Things that would be overwhelming and should be to me and would be for most people as far as the amount of things going on and the doings and the travelings. I'm going to ride the wave a little higher and uh, stand a little up on it, you know, not get crashed around so much. Trusting, trusting I will have my necessities taken care of and not wasting any caloric worrying from my brain on the things that I do not have any control in, you know. I do. I'm here to do two things, three things. Uh, fight. Chew gu- bubblegum. Yeah, chew bubblegum, kick ass, and collect checks, and I can multitask. <laughs> You're like, that's a new age version of the quote. All right, I'm chewing the gum. I'm kicking your ass. I'm taking the money. I can multitask. I don't got to do one or the other. All right? Effie's riding high into 2023. It's a big year. It's going to be a big time. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Kelly Clarkson said that. She also said, uh, a moment like this. Some people shit in bathtubs because the toilet's a mess. I don't know. Did she say that or did I? That, yeah. It sounded right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that though, Peter. 
Even if Kelly Clarkson suggests it, don't shit in a bathtub. It's not for everyone. I feel like Kelly Clarkson is one suggestion away from becoming a goop. What is that? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's. Oh, uh, I'm into it. Katy Perry really blew it last week. Oh, my God. Not only did she share her Republican voting tablet, she also tweeted boomer Facebook memes. You're done, sis. You're so done. I'm sick of it. Met her in a Denny's once after a warp tour. Oh, really? Yeah, she was hammered. I bet. Just I believe it. Really I, I right saw her. Well, I didn't run into her at a Denny's <laughs> after a warp tour, but I did see her a warp tour one year. You know, I'm sure you know this, but she was a gospel singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, her family are like big church people. She's she's uh she's gonna go back to Christian music and have a rebirth. I see it. Watch, watch. There's are so her much. And Orlando Bloom still together? I hope not. It's Legolas, motherfucker. I know. I did joke the other day that I was being recast as Legolas, and I'm going to go back and re-record all the Legolas scenes in all three Lord of the Rings movies uh, because they want to put out a special edition that does not feature Orlando Bloom, sadly. Sorry, Orlando, but I'm taking the job. What happened? I'm a better elf. Did he get tarred? (laughs) He worked hard, but then he got tarred and feathered, as they would say. You know? Eyes, eyes. I can't get over it. I'm going to think about this film till the end of time. There's no way. I'm out of my mind. They better make a tar steelbook, is all I'm saying. Oh, they better make a tar steelbook. This is, I'm, I'm hoping it comes to digital rental sooner rather than later. I've been mm-hmm. waiting on a few films. I am going to make, I'm making it a point this week. To watch the new Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. Hell yeah. Uh, did I give you my Netflix password, Peter? No, can I have I'm gonna, it? Yeah, I'm going to give it to you before I leave today. Okay. I said it. I intended to give it to you. And then I was like, I don't think I gave him that. Um, I'm very excited because they've said it is hot garbage. But I know me and AJ are going to enjoy watching it. There's no way. Like, give him a bottle of Merlot and a Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. And there's no better way to make our dreams come true together. Uh, he went to Mountain Weekend and it was great. He said all the, they all wanted to watch football, and I was like, "That's what that's what straight people do." I don't know if it's not. I don't want to hold you back here, but yeah, yeah, they love it. They love the stuff. I don't like it. I'm okay without it. Yeah, it's. I we could talk longer on that, but I don't know if it's interesting to anyone. But I don't understand how teams are from a hometown and no one on the on the team is from that town and the teams are always changing. So it's not even like the same characters over 10 years and they're always just moving around on teams. So what is what is the value? What does it prove? What is the point? Yeah, it's like if the Avengers just switch sides all constantly the time. and no one was writing the script. They were just like, just go. We got some times. Hit your times. You got two minutes left in this quarter. We'll let him go get some more snacks. Uh, that's the other thing I know. It stops and starts, and I don't understand why. I think I, you know, the ADD gets the better of you a little bit there, and you go. Yeah. If I'm staring down at it. Now, though, I have found in my adult life I really enjoy watching baseball live, not on TV, mm. just like sitting up there. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's honestly more like watching an ant farm, you know? You're kind of seeing, what are they, yeah. what are they all doing down there? Yeah. That one's got a cart. That one's wearing a little costume more than it is uh, an enjoyment of like how many RBIs we've got. What does that mean? Really big intestines? <laughs> yes. He's got RBIs. At He's least bloated. With, 
at least with soccer, the players are hot and they fight yeah. and they're dramatic. Like someone will, oh. some they'll get like slightly touched and they'll roll over and like fall on the ground and scream. Oh, and he hit me. And then they'll, they'll hand him an Oscar from. And there's something sassy about going, I'm not going to use my hands. I'm not going to use my hands. Hands behind my back. I didn't use my hands. I can use my face. I can use my chest. I can use my legs. I didn't use my hands. It's just, there's a cutesy little thing to it where it's very like, I don't know. There's a jovialness to the Italian countryside that I feel like soccer represents where you're just like kind of skipping through a field and Mm -hmm. kicking at things and holding your hands behind your back with a little mustache. They're all like picking little daisies. The shorts are a little too short, you know, kind of wild. Good for them. Good for you. Uh, I always, I joke, am I wearing those now? I'm wearing my Sambas, my indoor soccer shoes. Mm -hmm. And somebody's like, Sambas, that's, I was like, they're basically, it's the European version of of Black Air Force Ones. Like, they kind of look like you could play a sport in them, but I also think I could commit a crime in these Sambas pretty easily. And uh, the Euro boys think you play football. That's what they call it over there. So you always have a little, they go, oh, football? You go, yeah. Come here, I'll show you how to dribble. That's what they call it when you like, it's like basketball, but with your feet. Uh, I'm not going to use my hands. Watch. Football. Gah. Not football, but football. 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 What a, what a wonderful sport. God bless wrestling. God bless America. Tom Cruise. God bless Tom Cruise. Well, God, I guess. I don't know. Where is Shelly at? Tell us, Tom. Did you hear? What? They found her? No, 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 there's movement on the case. Let's go! Uh, They figured out the, like, three cops that are probably hiding whatever information. Let's take them all down. The guys that are directly on the Scientology payroll. Y'all may have Scientology, but we have forensics. Uh Uh-huh. Very exciting times. I do like that my continued theory of old man Joe Biden just making decisions because he's old um, comes... After his announcement that he's going after Ticketmaster. He's had enough. <laughs> he's sick of the fees. And I, the only tour I can think of where Joe Biden would have gone to get tickets and been offended by the fees is the Billy Joel Stevie Nicks tour that just announced dates across the U.S. Not in Atlanta, though, because we just got Billy Joel at some weird music festival this weekend or something here. Weird story. Stevie Nicks was also just in town. Well, come on back, y'all. But Joe Biden said, we got to do something about this. The fees are too high. And you're like, what sparked this? It was definitely Billy Joel, Stevie Nicks co-headline tour. Joe was like, Joe, can you get me tickets for this? And Joe doesn't like having to use his connections. He doesn't want to be red and he can afford to pay for a Billy Joel, Stevie Nicks ticket. So he went on there, he saw the fees and he goes, Oh God, is this happening to everyone? Is everybody getting these fees? And he went on TV the next day and said, I'm coming after Ticketmaster. I'm going to get those fees back. This isn't cool guys. It's not cool. Any of you kids started picking up rocks yet? I keep tripping on rocks. Every kid in the nation, you're going to do a year of it. Yeah, you could mow. You could mow the grass. You got to do something. You kids got to do something. Oh, no wonder the ticket fees are so high. It's incredible. Can we make T-shirts for Joe Biden's rock initiative? The picking up rocks? <laughs> yeah. I want to do, I, I feel bad using the technology, but I feel like we could deep fake an announcement here. Okay. We're going to bring all the kids in. Yeah, maybe you don't, maybe you're not ready for a trade. Maybe you're not ready for a trade school or college. Maybe you're not ready. 
to do the next step in your career, we got a lot of rocks to pick up, <laughs> kids. We got a lot of rocks. So we're going to, every one of you, you're going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, you can pick up sticks too. Trash, if you want. I, I don't know. Get them a, they got one of the grippers for the trash. I don't want them picking up trash. A lot of little rocks though, everywhere. <laughs> Do you think I can get a meeting with Joe Biden? <laughs> Do you keep tripping over all these rocks? God, yeah. Oh, how'd you know? This is crazy. Jill, come here. This young man's got an idea. We draft the kids. Not No, Joe, Joe not for a, another war? No, God, no, Dr. Jill. He calls her Dr. Jill. To pick up all these dang rocks. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah, you did almost slip up the other day, Joe. Well, I'll tell him that. It's for everybody. It's not just for me. You got to get these. Come on. Come on. Let's tell them. Did you see the fees on Ticketmaster? My God. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> Dude, we have to go to runoff election. I know. 49.7% of people in Georgia voted for Herschel Walker. That's insane. What the fuck is happening? I don't. We deserve it. Let the earth breathe us off in this ice age approaching. Ugh. Cook my spine. I don't know what to do. You think we can get to the moon fast enough? Dude, I think we got to get them to the moon. Get them to the moon? All of them. Leave them there. They don't mm. have to come back from the moon. Just live there. Ground control to Major Tom. We're not going to be picking up the radio any further. <laughs> Leave them on space. You remember, Did you see Elysium? Yeah. Was that Sigourney Weaver or Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster. And she did that weird accent the whole time, where it was like kind of an accent. She was like, it's more globalism than anything. She kind of talks like uh, Dr. Evil like a little bit. Midwestern Canadian. Yeah, but no, there was like some Afrikaans in the back of yeah. it, though, where she was like, every like 20th word, she'd be like, twink. And you're like, what? Where did that come from? What are you doing? She's like, that's what people who live on the Crescent Sound Lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Good for you, Jody. Take that check. Every character is a choice. Every decision we make. Was she in Panic Room? Yeah, Jodie Foster, Panic Ellen Room Page. Fucking rips. Uh, who else was in that? Was, there's Jared a crazy Lito. cast. Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah. Jerry Leto, Billy Bob Thornton, and who's the other guy? It's good. You're looking it up now. Panic Room, classic film. Oh, God. I'm uh, glad David we got a Panic Fincher. Room. Yeah, he's a monster. Of film. Not Kristen like a, Stewart. Kristen Stewart plays the little girl, not Ellen Page. Okay. Elliot Page, my my apologies. Yeah, because it would have been a few years after that. Um, or I guess no. Kristen Stewart, that is. When did Lydia Tarr and Kristen Stewart meet? After, it was after Christmas uh in 2006 okay because forrest whitaker dwight yoakam forrest jared leto dwight yoakam not billy bob thornton country music legend dwight yoakam uh-huh holy shit that guy came through jared leto had the cornrows right yes and this is before we knew he was morbius Yes, this is before Dr. Michael Morbius started its practice. They've said the sequel to Tar will be Tarbius. <laughs> Tarbius? And Tar will be drinking blood. Tarbius. 
Tarvius. Oh, this is horrific. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, they have banned Lydia Tar from the Oscars, I guess, is what I've heard. But there may be a body double. Jimmy Kimmel refused to be in the same room as her. I'm Jimmy Kimmel. He doesn't talk like that, does he? Mm-mm. Hi, it's me, Jimmy Kimmel. What if Lydia Tar was Jimmy Kimmel? Not all time, but like showed up at the Oscars and was like, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. Eyes. Eyes. So I'm gonna Kate do a Blanchett as Lydia Tar as Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars. Pardon. Lydia Tar as Kate Blanchett as Lydia Tar as Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars. Lydia Tar dive bombs Jimmy Kimmel at the Oscars? You think they'll do it? Yeah. They have to do it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Eyes. Eyes. This is this is my piece. This is my piece. Where do you think the fifth went? Do you think they took it from her? Do you think it, her wife took it from her? In the final moments where the fifth is gone. Where's the fifth? Oh. I think they took it from her. Because they knew they weren't going to let her do it. Do you think she took her Emmy, Tony, Oscar, and Grammy with her to the Philippines or Thailand or whatever it was that she ended up? There's no way she did not. There's no way she did not. She took everything with her. Lydia Tarr is defined by her Tarr accomplishments. <laughs> I think we're cooked. I think we're, yeah, I think we're done now. Blessings and salutations. Thank you for subscribing to the Patreon. I love you. Don't, you can't kiss me on the mouth anymore uh, to the people out there. Sorry. <laughs>